beautiful man looks like a freaking hand model. There's no way he look. There's no way they look. Okay, like- until you got to the beautiful, until you got to the beautiful hand model part, you were basically describing Chinoda. <laughs> oh, no, of course. <laughs> Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our czar of source material, John. We're no strangers to love. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, I can't hit high notes. You know this. <laughs> you know the rules. And so, no, I can't hit high notes. I'm so sorry. I don't even know the rest of the lyrics. Something commitment is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Never going to give. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, if you didn't realize it by that uh, seemingly beautiful intro, uh, we are going to be talking about some romance, anime, and manga tonight. Uh, John, do you feel that love in the air? Can you feel the love in the air? The love dear? tonight. Yeah. In the air tonight. Yes. Um, so, Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion about some of the things that we like and don't like about uh, romance, anime, and manga, and some anime and manga that have romance uh, as some subplots. So uh, I think the probably the best way to go about this is to talk about some of the elements that you and I both think make for really good romance anime. All right. So uh, I'll go. I'll let you start because you 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 really enjoy romance anime and manga. I may be a little bitch boy. But I love reading shoujo manga. Um, I love reading romance shoujo manga specifically from like Hanayome serializations because they're always like one of my favorite things is when it's like fluffy and cute. <laughs> Think of like um, my story. Um, I just I love cute shit like that, man. Like it's just it just warms you from the inside. You feel all fuzzy. You're like ah oh, yeah. Yeah, I just... You like the fluffy love. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, just inject some more of that pure, unadulterated romance right into my heart. I'm not, I, I don't know what that's going to sound like on your end, but that sounded very suspiciously like fapping. Oh, yeah. I mean that, too. You know, it's just like, yeah, it gets me <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, this vanilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just bookmark the vanilla tag. I don't know. It's like... it. it it's very normal. <laughs> very mainstream. Uh, very basic is is what I like. Like uh, an example is like uh, from me to you, Kimi ni to- Kimi ni Todoke, the anime and the manga, especially the manga. I fucking just adore. And it's like there's there's not like nothing going on. It's just like will she like it's just like this girl who's just super shy and it just follows her life of like trying to fit in and find love and i'm just like oh i love i loved every single chapter it wasn't annoying to read or watch and it was just it was funny and cute i loved it do you do you like the uh, i guess it's kind of a trope but do you like that the romance trope where it's the shy girl that hooks up with like the cool like too cool for school guy um 
I actually because I love that. So it really depends. Um, sometimes I feel like we don't know it, it if if the character is developed enough, right? As in the um, here's your heroine, and then here's the uh, the love the main love interest. If the main love interest isn't developed enough as a character, and he's just there because he needs to fill in this trope, and the main character needs to like fall in love with this guy who's supposed to be like here's the end goal then no because then i'm like well i don't care that he's the cool guy or he's the popular guy and oh you're not like the other girls like i don't give a shit about that like who the fuck are you piece of fucking cardboard i don't give a shit you're a fucking (laughs) wet blanket just soggy cut out of a fucking character yeah and it's it's gross because it's like he, he this person was Yo, this is a fucking romance novel, man. Like, you're supposed to fall in love with the character because you're supposed to be a, basically a self-insert, like in Twilight, as the main character. And you're supposed to be feeling oh, this God. range of... Why would you bring up something so disgusting? <laughs> because, because Twilight, as bad as it is, is a very, like, mainstream example of romance novels, right? You have this relatable main character who's someone you can kind of just self-insert. Um, fortunately for us in manga and anime, our main character is a lot more like, what was I going to say? Basic. Not retarded? <laughs> well, they're not as blank as like, um, the main character in Twilight is as a blank slate to self insert. They actually have a personality, but they have flaws and traits and stuff that normal people can identify with. And when they hmm. introduce love interests, at least for the single love interests, we don't want to talk about harems just yet because harems is a whole different thing. Yeah, but um, yeah. When they introduce the main love interest, he's a counterpart to the girl, and he actually has a personality, and he fits her very well. It's not even if it follows a trope of like a uh, you know regular schoolgirl runs into the delinquent, the delinquent's like misunderstood, and then she sees him on the side of the road taking care of a cat, and she's like, oh, he's actually only prickly on the outside but he's really caring and then you know <laughs> running with the anpan in her freaking mouth and then yeah i'm running late for school <laughs> and bumps into the <laughs> delinquent and he's like hey watch where you're going and she's like oh how dare you and then they have this little to and fro and then anyway <laughs> i like to say all this starts out though with a piece of toast in a girl's mouth of course with an egg or, or butter <laughs> She's running late for school. (laughs) It seems like so many. Oh, my God. First of all, like there's so many romance, anime, manga, light novels, whatever that all revolve around high school. And I I have to think that just is so analogous to this Japanese, seemingly Japanese belief that like apparently you peak in high school and it has to be the best time in your life. Well, I think it's more of um, during high school, you know, it's hormone filled and. It's very emotional. It's a lot different compared to being an adult when it comes to romance, when it's in high school, because it feels like it's your world, you know? High school feels like yeah. it's, it's the world to you. It's everything in your life. So it, it's a lot more impactful. I just I, I call high school and college to a certain extent like a condensed version of the real world where you don't have to pay taxes. Okay. I mean, it's a really bad analogy, but that seems to be how, like, in so many Japanese, like, in anime and and manga romances, that seems to be, that take place in high school, that seems to be the case. It's like, 
the author thinks like okay well this is supposed to be like a condensed version of the real world so we have you know your rivals on one side and we have like the enormous stress of exams yeah i i feel like the school setting is just that it's just a setting and it just makes more sense for like uh romances to bloom in high school you know when you're reaching your um what's what's the peak of um puberty yeah you're reaching yeah. the peak of puberty so everything's a lot crazier. Like some of the situations in these high school romances, I'm like, you know, if you guys were just a little crazy. Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, if you guys would just like be real people for a second and talk to each other, you wouldn't be having these issues. But okay. Now, see, I- I'll say like as I've gotten older, I've I've started to like get away from that so much. Like I- people will hate me for this. So I watched Kaguya Samba that was that aired earlier this year. Okay. Um. And I had such a disconnect with it, I just couldn't enjoy it because, like, the main characters, like, the main couple of that show, I I couldn't believe that these two characters actually liked each other because of how they acted. All right. So, in at least in the manga, because I read the manga, and I've been reading it for a long time since it started. That's why we call you the czar of source material. Um. You find out why, like they add little flashbacks here and there in the manga to develop the st- the backstory of like why would these two people even eventually like each other? Because in the beginning, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It's like that's kind of weird. Why would they like each other? It's just like, oh, I'm gonna get this person to fall in love with me, and then flash forward like six months or whatever it was, and like, why isn't this person in love with me yet? <laughs> and then they actually like start falling in love with each other, and um. Yeah, they they go into it later. Uh, uh, and that maybe uh, maybe the manga just does it better than the um than the anime did. But like I'm watching the anime and I'm thinking the whole time this anime isn't even about romance. It's just a vessel to show off Chica doing some cute shit. Bakichika, freaking hater. <laughs> Everyone hates Bakichika. I mean, but that's what I thought when I watched it. It's like, who gives a shit about this romance? Like, there's not even any fucking romance here. It's just two people acting like assholes. Yeah, and in the anime, the only romantic thing that happens is, like, the last episode when they're doing the firework thing. But that's, like, one of the big turning points in the manga, too, because prior to that, each episode is, or each chapter is just, like, the battles where one tries to make the other one confess in their convoluted ways of like, oh, if he offers me this ticket, he obviously loves me. <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. it's so stupid, but it's... It's like, no, it's like, and I, I won't pretend to know the creative process behind the manga who created Kaguya-sama, but it's almost like the, the, the manga looked at the concept of love and said, how can I make this more convoluted than it already is? Yeah, and... <laughs> There, there is, um, there's reason in this chaos. Uh, <laughs> again, you gotta read the manga, man. It's way better, and it sets everything. I, you know, it's because all of that stuff that you're seeing is set up for like the big payoff in the end, like where we're at now in the manga. It's like here's all the payoff right now, and I'm just like, yes, yes, more, more. Well, my whole point in bringing that up was like th- that the whole concept behind that seems very immature. It seems very high school. Actually, it seems very elementary school, but. Uh, <laughs> In stuff like that, as I've gotten older, it's made me really appreciate stuff like uh, like adult romances. That uh, a good example being Wotakoi from last year. That was a really good adult romance. And um, 
reason for that is because the characters are actually pretty real and the best part about Will Decoy relatable. Well, the best part about Will Decoy is that there's no characters trying to pretend they're not something. You know, it's about actually accepting yourself and finding people who accept you. That's what's great about it yeah. as a romance. Yeah, I mean, and and the, it, as I said, it helps that most of the characters in that show for you know working adults in the real world they're very relatable especially if you happen to be you know an otaku of some description yeah my only issue is that they're all so beautiful <laughs> yeah real people aren't that real, good real people aren't that beautiful especially otaku what well, and especially real people who are otakus who have forty plus hour work weeks. No, especially they don't look that good. Especially an otaku who video games like twenty four seven. There's no way he stands at six foot one, bespectacled like beautiful man, looks like a freaking hand model. There's no way he look. There's no way they look. Okay, like- until you got to the beautiful, until you got to the beautiful hand model part, you were basically describing Shinoda. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shinoda. But yeah, I mean, as I've gotten older, I really appreciate those so much more. I, I fucking I, I enjoyed World's Quest so much last year that I nominated it for Anime of the Year. <laughs> to be fair, but, there wasn't uh, that much out there that was that great last year. But um, another another good one that's more of a romance, a uh, adult romance anime is um, Rumbling Hearts, oh. which you suggested to me a long time ago. Yeah, so. I'm going to be honest here. I watched Rumbling Hearts um, twice. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it because I was a little immature babby and I couldn't understand, like, why there wasn't a happy ending. <laughs> and uh, the second time I watched it, I was a little bit older and I understood it better. Like, oh, yeah, that's because the thing about Rumbling Hearts is that it's it's the opposite of um, my favorite type of romance, which is fluffy, like, cute anime romances where it's pure and... There's nothing mm-hmm. bad that happens, and it's all happy ending. But the um, in Rumbling Hearts, it's it's quite the opposite. It's it's very realistic, <laughs> which is what I didn't like about it when I first watched it. Because I was like, oh, I, I, when I first watched it, I didn't. This, it portrays love as like love really sucks. <laughs> well, it's the thing about Rumbling Hearts is that when you go into watching it, you. I expected it to be like, especially with the first episode, how it goes for the first half. I expected it to be like another, oh, this is just another romance anime, like Lovely Complex or um, it's a it's a Zura not kiss or you know shit like that, where it's yeah, it's just gonna be the here's the main heroine who's like trying to get with this guy and they go through stupid drama problems, and then you know fucking truck coon happens and you're like, yo, what? <laughs> Hold up, what? And then when it ends... The first of Truck Coon's many appearances and, in anime. And then when it fucking... When the anime ends with the ending, and you're like, yo, what the fuck? That wasn't the happy ending I was wanting for. Like, what the shit? But then, you know, I got older, I rewatched, and I realized, you know what? This makes perfect sense in, like, a real-world situation. The reason he ends up where he is, the main character guy, and how he gets his happy ending, so so to speak, is, like, like it all comes together. And it makes sense. I'm mm. like, in the real world, this is exactly what would happen. Like, we can't all just pray and hope for the happy ending in our hearts when it first begins because things happen. Times, Time happens and it changes people. And that's what's really good about Rumbling Hearts. It'll make you fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, 
it's a really good exploration of how people do change over time. And like you get with someone and you might love them when they're in high school, but once they, you know, become an adult and they go out into the real world, they may become assholes and you don't like them anymore. Yeah. And people change over time. People do change. Yeah. Um, and it, and you kind of mentioned it that not to spoil anything, but that, uh, particular anime doesn't have, a very happy ending and i mean it's a good question to ask does a an anime that revolves around romance or any kind of story that revolves around romance for that matter does it have to have a happy ending where um the main couple gets together and rides off into the sunset happily ever after yeah singing songs into a car that flies into the sky a la Greece. yeah <laughs> um I think. By the way, uh, by the way, where I live here in Central Florida, um, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta are actually here to do a uh, a uh, sing-along version of the entire Grease uh, musical play. Oh. Anyway, um, I I personally believe, at least for Rumbling Hearts, it does kind of have a happy ending in the sense that there's closure, you know. Yeah. So to me, that was happy. Well, at least the second time I watched it, I was happy because I was like, oh, I have closure. I have come to terms with the events that have transpired, and I feel like my cup runneth over with emotion. <laughs> and that's what I thought was good about it. Um, now, it doesn't have a traditional like happy ending, like you said, where the couple gets together and rides off into the sunset, which is what I actually love about romances. Like That's my favorite thing. Yeah. But you know, it, just because it doesn't have my favorite type of ending doesn't mean it wasn't a good romance anime. Because, again, I, I really appreciated it now, how realistic it is for relationships. Yeah. And like I said, it's one of those things that as I've gotten older, it's it's I, I definitely appreciate it so much more. Especially when it's done as well as it's done in Rumbling Hearts. So, uh, we kind of talked about Kaguya-sama and you said that the manga does it a lot better than the anime did. Um, do you think there are any specific elements or tropes of... Um, romance that are more specific to manga or light novels you being that you read so much of them so i wouldn't say that there's anything different um when it comes to romance anime they get adapted pretty well uh quite honestly from manga or light novel um do you think that's because so many of them follow like the um slice of life sort of uh formula yeah a lot of the um, pure romance ones are always usually slice of life. Shouldn't say always, are usually, and because it's a slice of life, like you need to really take every chapter or every page of the novel step by step because each part that happens is important. And an example, like you're saying, um, Kaguya Love Is War, the anime only had what twelve episodes, right? Twelve? I think it was twelve or thirteen. I want to say like eleven, actually. Wasn't it like twelve or eleven? Anyway, I have to go look. It, it, up, it was a yeah. single core, and a lot of the buildup in Love Is War, um, Kaguya-sama, Love Is War, in the manga, it happens over a long set of chapters, because it feels like at the very beginning, it's like the anime where it's um, it's just who would win this victory of like, are you gonna fall in love with me? That's that's the main like hundred chapters, the first hundred chapters. It's kind of yeah. just like that, but then it all starts to come together to and becomes an amalgamation of where it what it is right now which it plays off each other and it's really to help you peek into um each one of these like mini battles is to help you peek into the personality of our two love main interests by the way it was 12 episodes it was 12 okay i couldn't remember okay i went and looked it up but yeah yeah it, it just seems like 
there's nothing really specific about romance, at least, to manga or light novels. Because, again, it gets translated pretty fucking well. Would you say it gets translated better than a lot of other uh, genres yeah, of manga or light novels? For sure, because with romance, uh, you know, all you have to really translate is like, well, here's your he- here's your hero, right? Here's your main character. Here are the love interests. Here are the trials and tribulations that happen between the main character and the love interests. And that's all you have to translate. Now, they could translate a couple of them like, um, what's that fucking shitty anime that I hated? Well, uh, the, the guy named Scum's Wish? No, not that one. Um, you did hate that, though. I did, but I didn't read all of it or watch all of it. I just hate the premise of it because it's all suffering and um, smut. Good thing show's not here. <laughs> it's all suffering and smut, and I don't appreciate that. But uh, fuck, no, it's the one with Raku, the guy who has, like, it's the harem one, and he has, like, he has the heart locket. And the, there's a girl named Chitoge and then Onadera. Oh, um, uh, uh. Uh, fuck yeah exactly right <laughs> nisekoi nisekoi yeah false love all right so i i read nisekoi way back when when it first started and i committed to that bitch and i finished reading it even though the last hundred or so chapters i fucking did not care for the fucking manga but um i think the anime did not do the manga justice i thought the manga was way better than the anime um other than, you know, See, I, the voice I, I, acting. The but. only thing I remember about that anime is the fact that it was done by Shaft and it looked really nice. Yeah. That's, like, literally all I remember. The anime looked nice. Uh, the music was great. I believe, I want to say Claris did an OP for them. I don't remember. I believe you're right. I don't remember. I think it was... It's either an OP or an ED, but I can't yeah, remember. I remember Claris doing a song, and I fucking, I freaking love the group Claris. Sounds so great. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I personally think that the anime was not as good as the manga because there wasn't as much backstory about like why Raku even has a problem choosing between the girls because in the manga each like each girl gets their own character arc you know where it's expanded mm-hmm. like why Raku should choose this girl uh what she how she is significant at all to Raku and all this stuff and it it made a lot more sense in in the manga than anything else the the anime was very was very focused on the, hey, look at this wacky situation with, with our main character. Whoa, look at this etchy scene. Oh, here's his love interest that he thinks he likes. Will he? Won't he? And it's like, eh. Eh. It's very... That's actually a, that's a great segue to what I want to talk about next. Yeah. <laughs> so, you kind of mentioned it. Um, what are some of the tropes that you don't like or you absolutely hate? when when you know in romance anime and manga um okay i have to mention this because natai actually wrote this down natai fucking hates love triangles <laughs> so much yeah uh i don't mind love triangles if it's an actual love triangle and what i mean by that is not a love polygon <laughs> well i don't harem again i'm not gonna i'm i'm gonna say that next i'm gonna tell you something about how i hate harem in my romance anime kind of <laughs> So anyway, uh, the the fucking love triangle trope, I hate it when they just insert it because they need like, well, there needs to be some tension, right? It's going too good for the main character mm-hmm. couple. We need to add some tension and we need a, a motivating factor for the actual like love interest to make a move. And that's when they introduce love triangles. It's always mm-hmm. going to be something stupid like that. Like, let's say this girl likes this other guy, but then a new guy shows up. 
and he's the one who puts pressure on the girl and she's like oh maybe i like this guy instead so then the main character guy it's like oh no i can't let her like get away she's actually precious to me and it's like oh she's precious to me and that's what they use love triangles for and i don't like it when it's like that you've you've literally described the plot of my little monster and <laughs> yeah that's literally how again the 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 manga for that one was okay i thought it was a little bit better just cuz better development but yeah my little monster was meh it's very solid i mean it starts out where you think it can be really good and then all of a sudden this new guy comes along it's like motherfucker yeah and it's only there to um again push for the main couple to Mm -hmm. make them realize their own feelings because it needs to have like a um something that initiates everything and that's when I hate it almost it's almost like the actual pairing needs to be jump started yeah and it's so dumb I hate that and I get that sometimes people don't know what they got until like you know there's pressure on them I understand that that's a real life thing and I understand that love triangles do happen in real life as uncommon as you think it is it does happen but when it's in romance anime manga or light novels it's just it's a point of um not a point of contention it's very ex machina is is what i was trying to say and yeah i like love triangles when they do add in different love interests and they all have different like they all like the same character like here are the capture targets and they all like the uh, main character but they're all developed yeah have you noticed that most love triangles it tends to be it's two guys with one girl it's almost never two girls with one guy well again this is a different topic we'll talk about but that that's kind of the difference between uh romance for guys and romance for girls <laughs> cuz romance for girls like girls they're assuming that all girls want to be in this situation where different hot guys are vying for their attention you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of just like oh the world wants me and it's like they need to feel loved and de- enveloped by all this romance and i'm like yeah but <laughs> these cardboard cutouts or whatever girl you need to move on <laughs> Like they basic. Yeah, we'll t- we'll, I guess we will talk about that coming up. But um, so it, going back to Kaguya-sama, something else that I hate is when they stretch out that will they or won't they phase because that seems to be all of what Kaguya-sama is. Will they or won't they? All right, I concede there because you're right. Kaguya-sama Love Is War is literally will they won't they the manga. yeah i mean that's the entire plot is will there won't they and i'm just assuming that 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 won't be answered until the final chapter of the manga. no it got answered 179 chapters in but (laughs) yeah it's gotten close to the end of kaguya sama love is war well when you finally get closure and i mean again i conceded you're right Uh, i don't really like will they won't they stuff especially when it's stretched out but with Kaguya, um, it's it's literally just will they, won't they, because it shows like little bits and pieces of characters and builds the world, and it's yeah. obvious like what's gonna happen at the end. Like the the author, the mon- the mangaka it was did not shy away from like yeah we're gonna give you full closure and we're even gonna give you the epilogue. Like here's cause what yeah. happens. At- this is the, my favorite part about this romance um, manga, the fact that after we got our uh, closure. We can see the ending. Like, it's not just, oh, yeah, they admitted they like each other, then right off into the sunset, and here's the end, whatever. Like, so many other freaking romance, manga, and anime do. Like, I hate that. I hate when 
it's like all right so another very cute romance shoujo manga i like reading is love so life and i i loved it you've talked about this before and you i think you've tried to get me to read it's super cute all right it's super fucking cute and in love so life it's a very long will they won't they like type of um manga it's very early on that the main character admits like oh i do love the main love interest but we can't because societal differences and i'm the babysitter for his kids so then she can't and uh it's more about chiharu like learning to accept like her feelings and actually being true to herself and it's super cute and lovey-dovey and it's mainly about the cute twins that she babysits it's that's the main like <laughs> appeal of love so life <laughs> But uh, when they the ending is when they it comes full circle and it's like when they start going out and you're like, <gasps> and then it ends. And you're like, fuck, why you? Why would you do this? <laughs> 150 <laughs> chapters in. And fortunately, we get to see kind of an epilogue with it Um, in so love or fuck. What's what's the part? There's a part two to it. Um, It's love. So life and so love. So life or something. I forget. I forget. But, uh, that sounds like the fucking way to describe a meme. Yeah. <laughs> so love, so life. And, uh, yeah. And again, I, I do not like the will they, won't they face stuff, but I still do love, um, uh, love. So life, even though the entire manga is will they, won't they, and it ends mm-hmm. on the whole fucking, I'm going to segue into my next thing about will they, won't they, unless you have something to say about that. Uh, no, I, it's fine. I I pretty much said all I need to say about it. I, I hate it. All right. So uh, on to the next trope, which is it ends and there's no epilogue of the romance. Like the entire end goal is that last chapter where you get to see them kiss and they finally go out. I fucking hate. Yeah, it's like curtain call. Okay, bye. Go away, everyone. It's over. I fucking hate that fucking like trope, I guess, or plot device or plot point where it just ends on the climax and i'm like hold up hold up what i need to know more do they bang do they have kids like i need to i i sat here for 150 chapters for you to flesh this fucking romance out and now you're not gonna let me see what happens to my otp what the fuck, dude? What the actual fuck? Oh my god. I have just I've just thought of something that's really well received that actually does that. Yep. Your name. It does that exact thing. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like the ending of that is they meet and like that's it. Bye. Yeah, and it's it's very common for romance to end on the high note of like, hey, here's the couple. Here they ended up together. Ho ho, it finally pays off. But we never get to see the ever after and that's what pisses me mm-hmm. off because i'm like i need i need more than this man it's come full circle but i need more <laughs> i don't have enough closure yet i invested too much of my feelings and time into this i need to see you bang and have kids and um <laughs> <Clan> it. Uh. <laughs> yeah and that's that's one of the things that i i just i fucking i hate man i i hate the fact that they think that's good enough it's not and I get that... That they think the first kiss is the curtain call. And I think that the reason for that probably is because, like, it's supposed to be, like, ever after is supposed to be in your imagination. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. But I'm a very empirical type it's, of guy, and I want, like, I want to see the ever after. 
it's this it's this very idealized version of what love is it's like okay once you fall in love you, you've accomplished the major goal there'll be no more problems ever again and it's like okay that's great you I mean you have accomplished a big feat in actually falling in love because that's not the easiest thing to do but there's so much more after that that could also be interesting to explore and this is why other like romance anime and stuff like uh for example and it's a it it's a nut kiss Pranks kiss, I think, was the fucking English. I don't remember what the English title. I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I don't. Rem- I don't remember what the English title. In Itazura and a kiss, it ends with um, the main couple getting together, and then it has a whole like fucking time skip to years later, and they have a kid together, and like here are the trials and tribulations of the couple as like a, a couple who's been together for a while, and I'm like, yo, yo, yo. I get to see the whole thing. It's great. <laughs> I got to see how they hated each other at first, and then they started to like each other, and then they finally started dating, and then they finally, like, did it, and then finally they have a kid, and then now they're all adults, working adults, and then there's, like, different trials and tribulations. It's fucking great, man. I got to see the whole story. That's what I love. And, uh... Yeah. That is, that, it's, it's really fun when you can see that, though. Yeah, because it's... You invest so much time, you know, like into these manga or these anime that I just feel like it's it's just a such it's a huge letdown when the payoff is just they kiss fucking that's it. Roll credits. Roll credits. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Season one's over. That's it. Roll credits. It's so or, you know, the the opposite of that being the ending of school days. Oh, yeah. Where you get bad end. I you know I I should spoil it but I'm not going to. I don't even feel bad about spoiling school days for anyone anymore. I used to but now I don't. Do even people do people even know like the newcomers to anime and stuff even know what school days is? <laughs> like it's not great. I had to describe to someone the other day what Boku no Pico was. Ah, it's a meme. <laughs> yo. 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 <laughs> uh <laughs> Count of two, um, two, <laughs> yo! <laughs> and I say, please don't quote it. I'll, you'll have to fucking censor it. I'm not gonna say anything about it. But uh, <laughs> Boku no Pico is the greatest anime of all time. It's greatest anime romance ever. <laughs> anyway, um, but getting back on track. Speaking of um, um tropes that uh, i don't even think it's really a trope it's just bad writing um one thing i hate is when there's like this this anime that's centered around some other genre like action or sci-fi or whatever and then a romance subplot is just shoehorned in just for the sake of like i don't know drama or whatever because the rest of the story is so fucking boring see i hate that i understand that um Sometimes people add romance into their action sci-fi adventure stuff um, because they need another point of contention for the main character. But mm-hmm. it it really depends. So if it's, I don't, I'm fine with if they add in a romance subplot like in uh, Full Metal Alchemist, a la Full Metal Alchemist, yeah. where it kind of exists but it's not really the focus, which is good because you know. If you, I like the fact that in when they redid it as Brotherhood, it's like it's in the background constantly, and then it's never really addressed. And then at the very end, it's like there's all these pictures of what happens afterwards, and it's like, okay, that was fucking solved. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. 
honestly, because it's like, well, romance wasn't the main point. It's there and it exists in this world. We know that there is a main love interest, but it's not important because this is about fighting. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's yeah. fine in that sense. I don't like it when they kind of half-ass it. Like, all of a sudden, they stop the, the bullets stop flying, and then we need to go pick some flowers on the side of the road for my wife that I apparently have now. Like, you weren't part of this at all, and now you're suddenly here, and then you contribute nothing to the main plot other than you're probably going to be used as the deaf to feel my rage against the kingdom or something, you know, something stupid like that. <laughs> That's usually when, yeah, you're probably, I, I, I'm probably just falling in love with you just for plot convenience later. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. That's really what it is. Like if it's, if it's not the full metal alchemist type of romance, it's the other one, which is I've introduced basically a plot point that I'm going to kill or do something with to piss off the main character, to move him onto the next stage of like, whatever chapter of the manga it's on or whatever now i i will say this is this this rule is not mutually exclusive it actually can be done well where you know a a romance subplot is inserted after the fact and it can actually still be good um an example where originally i thought it was gonna be bad but it actually turned out good is in konosuba (laughs) Like, I actually, when I first found out, or when I first read the light novel, and I got to the point where um, Kazuma and... And the OTP. Megamine, the OTP? <laughs> yeah, they have their little thing. Um, originally, I was like, oh, no, this is going to ruin fucking Konosuba because there's going to be, like, this awkward tension, and it's not going to be funny anymore. But no, the to the to the author's credit, like, it was done really well, and I actually came to to like the fact that there was that romance element in it. It's because it's barely any romance. It's literally just slapstick comedy with, you know, sometimes romance sprinkled on top. And that's what I mean by it's very, it was introduced, but it's, it's not even like a subplot they dive into other than, oh yeah, it's happening. Like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of how the fucking characters did it, which, which is probably the best way to do it. It's like, you like me? Yeah. I like you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's that's again when I'm fine with it because when it's inserted like that, it's it's not a big deal because it's not a main point anyway. It's just kind of there in the background. Yeah, it is. It's just it just shows that if you just kind of if if you don't try to bring the romance to the forefront and make it like a huge arc or a huge part of your story, it can actually be done well, especially in Konosuba, where as you said, it's mostly a slapstick comedy. Yeah. Because <laughs> with elements of action thrown in, yeah, and it it just melds very well. That's what's great yeah. about that romance. But um, I'm gonna talk. I still, however, think Konosuba would be just as good if it didn't have it. But I actually came to like the fact that it did. Yeah, to me, it was whatever. Like I said, the fact that it happened, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But if it didn't even exist, it wouldn't change my opinion of Konosuba, which is a good thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best thing you can say about an, a contrived romance subplot is like, eh, whatever. Yeah, like, I'm not mad that it's there because I, I wouldn't be mad if it uh, was taken away because it, it didn't yeah. do anything anyway. <laughs> if that's just something that the author wants to fucking shoehorn in, go right ahead, I don't give a shit. So, um, do you have any other uh, tropes that you want to talk about? I do. My last, okay, my last I was going to move on, but no, go no, ahead. My last one is to segue into the next topic anyway. Um, oh, good. That saves me from having to come up with a segue. I fucking hate harem. <laughs> 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 it's 
so I hate harem. I hate reverse harem. I hate all of that. And what I mean by that is... Because it's not realistic? Well, not only is it realistic, but it's very cookie cutter. And what I mean by cookie cutter is... And now, don't get me wrong. One of my favorite romances, Clannad, is a harem anime, technically speaking. However, it's... Well, it was technically a harem visual novel that just decided not to adapt a harem route. Yeah, well, it kind of, like... The first half of the first season kind of, like, goes that way, but then they adapted the anime to have the single route, which is great, which is why I loved it, and that's why that works in that sense. But for a lot of harem and reverse harem anime, it's... First of all, they always go with the let's make everyone happy and not choose route, which I fucking hate. I... How dare you? All right? (laughs) Uh, I also hate the fact that in a lot of harem anime, all the character interests are just tropes. Like, you have the cool type, you have the uh, the little sister type, you have the older sister mother type, you have the childhood friend type. Like, it's all just a series of giant fucking tropes. By the way, I'd like to say, if you're a character in a harem that's the childhood friend, you're fucked. Not necessarily <laughs> so more often than not you are fucked he's not gonna choose so you. there are a couple that i know that i remember watching where instead of choosing all right first of all they the only the one they always choose is always gonna be it's never gonna be the onesan it's never gonna be the childhood friend it's never gonna be the little sister character cousin character it's always 90 percent of the time the new girl that appears out of fucking nowhere that falls into or the tra- yeah the the transfer student yeah like the transfer student that's the person that they always end up with and I fucking I, another trope I hate because it's like yo he knew these girls and he barely knows this girl but he thinks he loves this girl that he just met and it would make sense if it the characters that were around the main guy were um, annoying him somehow like he hates how they treat him and he wanted something new because there are some manga or an, an anime that go into that where the main character guy for the reason he doesn't choose like the childhood friend or the onesan type is because he doesn't like how he's treated around them <clears throat> or by them mm. but he likes how the transfer student treats him and that is a complete like that makes sense to me <laughs> like oh yeah i wouldn't want to be it's almost like a 180 of that trope <laughs> yeah but unfortunately it's it's never the case it's like none of the people actually know him and it just see, it seems like so many harem animes start out with that. Like there's there's a fucking classroom full of women. Like there's only like two guys in the whole fucking class that the transfer student transfers into. <laughs> and like the, it's the first day the transfer student's like, Hey, I'm such and such from, you know, across town and all the girls are just looking at him like, I gotta ride that dick. Exactly. And it's fucking stupid and <laughs> that's just it like none of the characters the love interests are developed there's no real reason for them to like exist other than well you fit the stereotype so now you're in here now and i hate it yeah um Um, the reason i brought up i have to ask so the reason i brought up harem is because it seems like a lot of romance for boys revolves around harem and etchy like that i i don't see a lot of or I can't even think of one off the top of my head that's purely a romance for the guy, other than My Love Story. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a really good example, yeah. So, yeah, My Love Story has a lot of what I would call scenes that are guy scenes. Like, it's just winking and nodding to the guys in the audience, like, yeah, we know you do this, don't even try to (laughs) fucking deny it. Yeah, and I freaking, I love My Love Story because of how fluffy and cute it is compared to, uh, 
you know, most other romance animes, there's not a lot of drama um, compared to it. It's just literally this dude who's just super nice and no one really likes him because he doesn't look good. But they like his best friend, who's also super cool. <laughs> who's And kind of beastly, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, he's like the protagonist of an actual harem anime. <laughs> but it's not about him. It's about the Gorilla Hulk. <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's like they see this all the girls see this character's like i gotta ride that dick and then they see the fucking igor hunchback fucking walking next to him and like ooh, but i gotta go do that first and uh yeah it it, it just <laughs> it's like the mini boss it just really sucks that for a lot of guy romance it's it's just etchy and harem there's not a lot of variety man there's no like actual romance from a guy's point of view mm. it's always like a girl's point of view she's always the main character in romance manga or an anime and it's it was that's another reason why again i loved my love story It's refreshing to see a love story from the point of view of a guy oh that scene in there where they're kissing with the saran wrap <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like okay i've never personally done that but you know what i probably would have yeah but here's the thing bros for life man that's another beautiful thing that they explore the bromance i think more anime and manga should explore bromances between men like yeah like just friend yeah friendships between men like it is you know what it's dangerous to do that because and i don't know if it's the fandom or the medium itself that does this but there's there's this temptation by so many anime fans to see when there's two guys that are really friendly towards each other, especially if they have what's traditionally referred to as a bromance, it's so the temptation is always to ship them and say they're just closeted gays. Yeah, and you know, there's a whole different fucking Fujoshi <laughs> suck. There's a whole difference of culture between us. Um I know that in the Japanese medium it's not okay to have like guys expressing themselves and showing their emotions and stuff like that. They're supposed to be the strong silent types. Yeah, the Stoics, the Stoic types, and yeah, that's that's probably why we don't see <clears throat> see a lot of bromances and stuff, which is sad, you know. And um, yeah, and for girls, they get they get everything. It's kind of a shame when it comes to romance anime. Fucking privileged bitches. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm not a misogynist <laughs> like someone I know on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, you're absolutely right, though. It, it's just, I really wish there were more anime like that that just kind of explored the idea of the bromance. Yeah. And it's just sad that there aren't more. Yeah. And <laughs> be so much better. And that's really, again, the major difference between romance, anime, manga novels for men and for women. Like, <laughs> I can think of, there's a couple of shonen that do that, but not romance anime. Because romance, I mean, again, is more typically a, a girl's, like, type of thing that they like reading right like boys yeah. don't normally oh. read romance and they they're you know we're all stupid little boys we just like watching people beat the shit out of each other that's kind of how boys are and i'm like yes and no like when i was six maybe sure but you know i'm in a fully grown adult working fully functioning member of society yeah. and i still love romance i like looking at all the fluff you know i like like oh man it's so, so cute like oh oh on, on that note though i've just had a thought about clanad and sunohara <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of a bromance though isn't it like he's always there for his dude yeah 
kind of. He's kind of he's kind of the beating um the whipping boy. He's a he's the sacrificial pawn for his best friend. (laughs) It's like, okay, I can't do this because I'll probably get I probably won't have a girlfriend anymore, but why don't you be like the guinea pig and see what happens? It's it's good. He he plays that part really well though. Yeah, and the fact that in Clanad they actually dive into the um the bromance aspect of like why does Sunohara even hang around the main character guy? Like, because wh- he's constantly getting his ass whipped. Yeah, but when they they show the, like the backstory and stuff, you're like, oh, oh, it's because the main character guy is actually like, even though he pranks Sunohara all the time, and I keep saying MC because I can't remember if it's Tomoyo or Tomoya. I'm pretty sure it's Tom Tomoya. Yeah, it's Tomoya, right? Yeah, because yeah. uh, Tomoya is actually a decent guy, and he's got scars, and Sunohara's got scars, and they kind of like exist around each other in high school and are kind of just basically supports for each other. And that's, what's great about it. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely prop each other up, which I think is what makes that bromance work so much. Yeah. Yeah. But you, it's true that there's so many, there are differences between, you know, romance that's done to appeal to women and to appeal to men. I think there's way more romance examples of romance, anime and manga out there that are trying more so to appeal to women than men. Yeah, and then like which is a shame. It's because so many of the romances that are designed to appeal to men are they end up being harems, and it's just stuff that constantly flashes you tits and ass, which is great. I mean, I, I'm a big proponent for two D titties, but you know, it at the end of the day, that's just edgy for edgy's sake, and that's kind of panderous. Yeah. And again, it's because, oh, guys are stupid. They don't really care about relationships. They just want to see tits and ass. Which, I'll be honest, when you're a fucking teenage, a horny-ass teenager in high school is kind of true. But, but as you get older, it's not true really at all. But this is, again, this is more of a complaint about harem just stuff in general, like rom- harem romance. And this applies to reverse harem as well, because I've seen a couple of ro- reverse harem anime, and like... Kiss him, not me. I did not see that one. Um, I was no, but it, it's kind of it's kind of goes into what you're talking about. Well, though. like, what's the most popular one? Freaking Oran High School Host Club or Oran High School Host yeah. Club? Yeah, that's I think by far the most popular reverse harem ever. Yeah, and it really reinforces the fact that hey, look, you have the cool ass president character, you have the like bespeckled like beauty but cold shoulder like glasses type, then you have the like the the crazy twin types and then you got that are slightly incestuous sli- towards each other slightly incestuous but we'll, we'll not talk about that but and uh also the uh, just you you mentioned that the amount of incest in romance is slightly disturbing <laughs> yeah um but my main point is that even in reverse harem your love interests are all cardboard cutouts of tropes and they don't actually have a personality <laughs> they're just a amalgamation of tropes like they're dead. Yeah, they're just there to they're, they're there to fill out a check. Yes, yeah, that's literally what they exist for. And then again, you'll either it's, it's like diversity quotas at work. You'll either well not we're not getting into that. <laughs> then you'll either get the ending where the main character can't choose or doesn't choose, and it kind of just like falls off there, or they for some reason choose one of the guys that doesn't really make sense, other than well. They had the most screen time, or they were the uh, popular vote, or something, you know. And that's mm. what I find terrible about just harem romances in general. I don't like them because of that. They're not very well done, and there are harem ones that are okay. Like Nisekoi, I thought was okay. 
uh, at least in the manga, because of where it ends and who he picks. I'm like, yes, he didn't pick my number one pick, but he picked my number two pick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, I will settle for this. Uh, yeah, because harem, a lot of harem anime and romances they just end up being waifu wars, you know what I'm saying? Or husbando wars. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun. It's like, I don't want to wage so war ha- against other people. Ask, I have to ask then, since we've talked about harem so much, and this is very near and dear to my heart, and there is a right answer. Is the Monogatari series a harem? Yes, it's a harem. Fuck you, it's not. <laughs> no, it is a harem. Don't lie to yourself. He has so many other girls no. to choose from. But he only chooses one. He chooses her. He chooses her at the very beginning. Name me one other harem that ha- that happens in. Um, I guess I was gonna say Clannad, but he doesn't choose her at the very beginning. He chooses. He doesn't no. choose at all. Actually, he just ends up falling in love with her. Um, <laughs> she chooses it for him. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he Koyomi chooses Senjigahara in episode one. <laughs> I mean, his other options were pretty bad, right? Well, let's uh, let's be honest. One of his, uh, well, actually, three of his options are underage. So. Only one other option was available, and she just wouldn't do it because she's an asshole. No, there were two other options available, but one was a lesbian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's really only one other love option, and again, she wouldn't choose him because she's like, yeah, you're kind of weird. You're a fucking freak, Koyomi. Get out of here. Here, touch my tits, but I'll hate you for Yeah, exactly. And I actually do like that he chose Senju Gahara. She fits him very well, personality-wise. Makes him a better character. In the, uh, I feel like this is a spoiler, so I'll go ahead and say spoiler alert, but it's not really, because if you watch the first episode of the Monogatari series, you know who Koyomi ends up yeah. with. But later on in, in the light novels, there is a conversation he's having with Hajikuji where he says that, uh, he's really glad that he met Sinji Gahara when he did because it feels like it grounded him and made him a better person. Yeah, because it does. That's literally what it does for him as a character. God. And yeah, I mean, it really, because before that, he's like so listless and like, I don't know what to do. I just fucking hate life. I hate everything. Don't look at me. And um, romance is, again, not a subplot in. It's actually, it's kind of in there and it's kind of important a little bit for at least Sinji Gahara's arc. But it's also important for the main character for his growth as a person. So that's again. Yeah. Well, I mean, the romance, the romance between Koyomi and Sinji Gahara is probably the driving force behind Baki Monogatari. But after that, the driving force is just everyone else around Koyomi. Yeah, because you know, everyone. There's more people in this world. It's not just him and the couple. Also, I'd like to point out: in so many harems, there are no other male characters, and there's like. I think there's two other, three other male characters in Monogatari. Yeah, that's <laughs> because the only time we need to introduce another male character in this male-focused harem is when we need to introduce either his slapstick comedy um, counterpart, like best friend from school or something, who gets the short end of the stick all the time, or it needs to be like some different love interest that's about to like fuck up his harem. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. There's uh, there's no there's no. Uh chance of meme or kaiki ruining koyomi's relationship with sinchikara yeah although no no <laughs> i'm not going down the kaiki no. rape route no. no i hate that theory so no. much we're moving on now all right so um I, I guess i can finish this off with um 
first of all, saying that the Monogatari series isn't a harem. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I want to finish this with talking about um, Yaoi and Yuri romances. Um, so <sighs> I hate saying this. <laughs> But as someone myself who is bisexual, I like seeing these things happen. Um, it's just that there's so many of them that are so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and for different reasons, I think. Um, so every time I, I hear about a new Yaoi or, or Yuri ro uh, romance anime or manga, my expectations are like really low going into it because I almost am assured that I'm going to be disappointed when I read or watch it. Uh, and that's because like so many yaoi focused uh romances are just there's no other way to say this are quite rapey yeah it's very um, and that really has to do with the uh the whole yaoi trope where you have the um fuck what what do they call them the top and the bottom the the semen yeah. okay how like the uh the top is supposed to be super aggressive and the bottom is supposed to be like very subservient and like ah no stop ah and of and of course a lot younger than the top yeah because that you know it has to do with thing and that's it's just one of the tropes of yaoi um as you know as the resident uh star of source material i'm also extremely homophobic obviously right because i hate yaoi and yuri <laughs> romances um but yeah I, I i really don't like yaoi because first of all 90% of yaoi romances are is smut and I don't like smut. That's just something I don't like in any of my romance anime or manga. I, I'm a very pure-hearted guy. I don't need to see smut. I don't care for it. Like, save that for the, the climax at the end or some shit. Or just be like... The quote-unquote climax. Or just give me a five-year flash forward. Oh, they also have a kid now. Like, yeah, they banged. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's all I needed to know. I didn't need to see them actually bang. Uh, well, they it, if it's a Yaoi or a Yuri romance, they'd have to adopt, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I'm saying that I don't need to see them bang. That shouldn't be a main selling point of your fucking manga. That you get to see people bang. Like, I don't... I mean, unless it's, unless it's going to be straight up a hentai. Yeah, unless it's actually porn. Like, don't give me softcore porn. I don't want softcore porn. Though I'm gonna be honest here, some of the Yaoi manga does not is <laughs> pretty much softcore porn. It's, it's not pretty much; it is softcore porn. Like you can put all the little god rays that you want, but I know exactly what's happening when <laughs> the character's face is flushed and the other guy is down near his crotch. Even though I can't see it, but you can see the outline of his body near the crotch. It's like, yeah, we know what's going on here. We we know we know, and um. Yeah, it's uh... yeah. A, a lot of yaoi is very aggressive, and again, it has to do with the um, uke and seme aspect. But it's kind of gross, right? Like, ugh. It is. I mean, it's not how most male male or female female relationships are. Although I would say this is more so with yaoi romances than with yuri romances. Well, it's like it's this thing of like everyone has this view of um like gay culture everyone thinks like gay dudes are this hyper effeminate like yes daddy punish me more like not all of them are like that though there are people like that yes not all of them though and it really sucks that everyone generalizes it as that and makes content for people like that it doesn't really encapsulate the whole like spectrum that is sexuality yeah, I mean, not not to say that there isn't an audience for stuff like this. Clearly, that there is, or people wouldn't keep making it. But it just—you would think that a yaoi romance would be 
made to appeal to gay men. I think, however, most yaoi romances are made to appeal to straight women. No, that's 100% true. I 100% guarantee you that yaoi is made for Fujoshis. <laughs> Obviously, it's made for Fujoshis. And and I think I think the, the, the opposite is true, too. I think that there's a lot of yuri romances that aren't necessarily targeted at, uh, you know, uh, lesbian women so much as it is straight men. Yeah, because, again... You're all right. So I already talked about how Yaoi is like ninety percent smut and rapey. Yuri romances is like ninety percent also the same actually, where they have a top and a bottom. Where there's this like strict Onei-san type who like overtakes, who gets overtaken by the wild Yancha type. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's just like it's always just like that. Like here's this Onei-san that everyone pines after, and then here's this like wild boy or tomboyish person who like captures the heart of the princess and i'm like yo this is stupid (laughs) it's very tropey and this is like some male fantasy of like oh man look at all these hot girls they're trying to finger ring and their boobies are out oh like (laughs) i don't care i feel like it i i I know you i don't think you actually like this a lot but citrus is what comes to mind um Citrus started out like the very beginning of the manga and the anime to a certain extent. It, it tries to portray itself as being different. It's going to be like, you know, this dramatic um, romance. Yeah, it's going to be like this really slow burn dramatic romance. And then it kind of does start out like that to its credit. And then the Fire Nation attacked. And, and then it's like, <laughs> then the Fire Nation attacked and everything changed. Uh, <laughs> kind of. It's like, then my hormones attacked and everything changed. Yeah, and now it's like, now I just want to suck on your tits, girl. Let me lick that finger. Yeah, it's like, like ugh. It's <laughs> let me lick that finger and stick it yeah, in. Like, ugh, I don't care. Um, yeah, it's like it, it set this it set this up to be this thing where these two girls don't really like each other when they first meet, but then they start to warm up to each other. And like I said, it's it sets itself up to be this slow burn, and all of a sudden, boom! I gotta have you right now. I gotta fucking tongue your cooch. Yeah, gross. I mean. If if it had stayed on that slow burn aspect of it, where it, you know it just it slowly built up, like these feelings slowly built up, and the sexual tension slowly built up, I think it would have been so much better. But then, like there was this temptation by the the manga, it's like, all right, this is going too slow. Fuck, you guys are gonna get in bed and suck on each other's tits. You know, instead of seeing, uh, so we have heteronormative and heterosexual and homosexual uh, romance animes, right? I want to see one made for ace, asexuality, where literally... Isn't that just, like, shonen? <laughs> no. No, it'd be the one where holding hands is, like, the peak climax. Oh. <laughs> this is the most affection I'm willing to give to you, and it's holding hands. This is the most This is the most touching you're going to get ace! out of me. Ace! Anyway, and, yeah, I don't... I don't think... Well, maybe there would be a market for that. Maybe there's more of a market for that than I think there is. I don't know. All I know is... Even in the sea of shit that is romance, uh, a lot of it's bad. Uh, a lot of Yaoi's bad, a lot of Yuri's bad, and a lot of straight ones are bad. They're all just bad, man. They all follow tropes. They're all <laughs> self-insert characters, and they all kind of blend together. I, I think what we're saying is fuck romance, right? <laughs> Except the ones that I like. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, I... There is a lot, I think, 
if I had to put a, like a number on it, I'd say that the proportion of good to bad romances is like 75, 25. Like there's 75% that's bad and there's 25% that's good. Okay, good is is that's what it feels like. Good is subjective because I'm more of a like a five, five ninety five, like five. Oh wow, you're she's like no fucking <laughs> yeah, no chance. Five percent of it is actually good. Ninety five is pretty bad. It's trash. It's tropey, uh, and I don't like it. Um, which is not to say that I don't enjoy watching tropey ones. Like again, Nizkoi is extremely. Wait a minute. You said you wanted a romance for asexuals. I know of one that exists. Oh, yeah? It's called Don Machi. <laughs> the fuck is Don Machi? Is that... Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? That's not ace. That's not ace at all. Listen, there's so many women that fucking confess to Bell and that, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not ace at all. Like, anyway. there is There is a fan theory that he is asexual. Nah, he's just a godkin, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to reproduce with you terrible women. With you hoes that are just throwing your titties at me? Exactly. No. And, um... I want this quiet girl over here that I could never have. Yeah, well, Don Machi is pretty trash, so... It is. I, it's trash I love, but I will be the first uh, to admit it's trash. God, I don't know how you... We're getting a season three, though. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got for, uh, romance... Go watch the cute stuff. Uh, stay away from everything else. I thought of another one that could be thought of as an asexual romance. <laughs> Goblin Slayer. That's not ace. Again, every every girl in that show wants his dick and he won't give it to that's them. That's not ace. That's All right, whatever. Just because the author refuses to acknowledge any love interest doesn't mean that the main character is ace. God. Uh, I just think maybe it could appeal to people who are asexual. I don't know. I don't. I I just feel like romance is supposed to be lovey dovey, touchy feely, and Ace is like quite the opposite of that. Well, it's Ace is asexuals can be extremely romantic, but they're doesn't mean that they're very physical. You know what I'm saying? But they don't want to stick the thing in the other thing. Well, there's different spectrums of it, but I just feel like the main selling point of romance is lovey dovey, touchy feely, and the fact that you're gonna cut out at least half of that. It probably wouldn't make for a good romance. <laughs> probably wouldn't make for a good story. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, if if you got, if anyone out there listening has any great ideas for an asexual romance, <laughs> please let us know, <laughs> so I can take credit for it and sell it. Uh, I'm the one who came up with the idea, but okay. Uh, but if you're if you're gonna sue uh, anyone, sue Alex. Don't sue me. Yeah, I mean. Sure. <laughs> all right. So I think that's a great place to wrap this up. So thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. I just completely forgot what I was talking about there for a second. Thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Or if you have ideas for an asexual romance, <laughs> links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, John. I'm never gonna dance again. Guilty oh feet have got no rhythm. Fuck Aramanga Sensei. <laughs>